0: Welcome to the Potter's House North Podcast. We hope you'll be blessed by today's message. So, we're going to dive right in. Um, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. J-Bo, I appreciate you, man. This is my 15-year-old. My you, you, I love you, buddy. I love you. I love you. Okay, Acts chapter 2. I'm reading out of the NIV, and we're going to dive in. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, (laughs) when they heard this sound, a crowd came. You can keep playing, buddy. A crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't these all who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hear these Galileans? You know, Galileans, they were like the hood folk. They were like the ghetto people. They they weren't super articulate. They weren't supposed to be able to do what God was using them to do. And so they were utterly surprised. Verse 11 says, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them. This is good to me. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. For the next few moments, I'm going to be speaking from the topic, explicit language. Explicit language. Pray with me. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity that you've allowed us to assemble ourselves in your presence. We understand everything we need is in your presence, God. Your word is blessed. My prayer, God, is that we are not just hearers of this word, but this word permeate every fiber of our being so that we can emerge and be more like you. That is my prayer today. In Jesus' name, amen. Explicit language. And I got some of y'all at the, uh, at the title because when you think of explicit, when we hear it, it has such a, a, a negative connotation attached to it. I mean, it's it's like, okay, I remember back when we used to buy records, and uh, records, God knows, uh, I'm dating myself, um, CDs, and and you will see this little thing in the corner, and it'll be like, warning, explicit content. So you knew exactly what was happening on that record. There was going to be some language, there was going to be some stuff, they're going to be talking about some stuff that you didn't want your kids to be hearing. It's explicit. But as I begin to prepare for this talk today, I looked at that definition, and I see that it's something a little bit different. Explicit language, explicit simply means to fully reveal without vagueness, implications, ambiguity, leaving no room for question. Fully revealed, without vagueness, implications, with ambiguity. That means there is no gray area. It is black, and it is white. Wouldn't life be so much easier, so much simpler? Sam Cooke said, what a wonderful world it would be, but wouldn't life be so much better if we would communicate, and if we communicated with people in an explicit manner? Now, I am not giving you the permission to go and cuss nobody out. If you want to do that, that's probably because you have uh, a cussing spirit, all right? You go ahead and do that if you want to, but that is not what I'm admonishing you to do. What I'm saying is when you speak in an explicit manner, you don't leave room for error. Many of the ills that we experience in our relationships will find a root in this fact, very simple. People don't clearly articulate what it is that they need. They don't articulate what it is that they are in need of, what they're desiring. I am in HR, and a lot of times when I'm talking to uh, 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 some of the, the employees, I'm gonna tell you a lot of the issues that we encounter is because the employees don't have an explicit understanding of what is required. Of them. I counsel um, couples that come in. There's husbands and wives, and, and they love each other, but a lot of the void that they experience is because the language isn't explicit. They don't clearly know, without ambiguity, without vagueness, what is it that you want from me? Explicit language. A few weeks ago, I'm like every other American, I'm watching the, the trial of um, Derek Chauvin, and um, <laughs> I'm literally sitting on the edge of my seat the whole time. Because I wish I can tell you that I had complete confidence in our judicial system to be able to bring this man to justice and hold him accountable, but I'm not there yet. So what I was watching as the defense and the prosecution, as they begin to bring their witnesses to the stand, and, and I watched as the defense brought their witnesses, and then I watched as the prosecution team, they brought their witnesses. Let me tell you, there was a star witness that stood out to me that changed the game. Her name was Daniela Frazier. <laughs> Daniela Frazier. she was the 17-year-old girl that in the moment of sheer panic and mayhem, she had the witness to pull out her camera, to capture a moment that started a movement that spoke so loud, that it changed world. The when they called her to the stand, she, she took the stand and she said, she says this, she says, it's been nights, I have stayed up apologizing and apologizing to Mr. Floyd, saying, I wish I could have done more to, pre- to prevent your death, I wish I could have done something. But then, in a moment, she turned and she looked at Officer Chauvin and she said, listen, it's not something that I should have done, but sir, it's something that you should have done. And in that moment, because she spoke in such an explicit manner, without vagueness, without ambiguity. I knew, and she made it so plain that we did not witness an accident. We witnessed a murder. I want to tell you to never underestimate the power of your voice. Never underestimate the power of your voice, it has been said that our voice is our most critical instrument of expression. The world judges us by our voice. I've learned that if you're gonna play the leading role in your story, you need to find your authentic voice so you can tell the story the way it needs to be told. Our voice is the way that we communicate with the world. Roy Hart, the famous oblinguist, he says, the voice is the muscle of the soul. It articulates the disposition of our soul. We use our voice to say, I'm sad. We use our voice to say, I am, I am depressed. We use our voice to say, I am in need of something. We use our voice to communicate with the world. Never underestimate the power of Your voice. All throughout the Bible, we see that this has spiritual implications as well because throughout the Bible, we see that God continuously uses His voice. In Genesis, He says, Listen, let there be light and light was. Light did not appear until God spoke. He spoke to Pharaoh and said, listen, I know you got my people and you've had them for 400 years, but it's time for you to let them go. I am so grateful that I serve a speaking God. He's not like Muhammad. He's not like Buddha. He's not like Krishna. He's a God that when I talk to him, he talks back to me. The old folks said, listen, he walks with me. He talks with me. He, He tells me that I I am his own. I want to encourage you and tell you this fact that things happen when God speaks. Things happen when our God speaks. What did he do? He spoke and he said, let them go. And they were let go. He spoke to the whale that was holding Jonah and the whale that was holding Jonah had to spit him out and let them go. He spoke to Lazarus and Lazarus was in the grave. Ba- he was in the grave. Rick and Morty said, set it in. But when God speaks, things change. I want you to put that in the chat. When God speaks, things change. Yes, when God speaks, things change. Now, we must understand this. Because he's our father and we are his children. Oh, this is good. We must understand if things don't change until God speaks then we have to also understand that there were times, there will be seasons and situations in our lives that will not change until you and I open up our mouth and speak. I have to be willing to look at my marriage. And if my marriage is in a deficit and say, you know what? I know devil, you're trying to take us out. You're trying to separate us, but I speak life over this marriage. You got to be willing to look at your kids. And sometimes, you know, those kids be acting crazy. You have to say, you know what? You are not a failure. You are the the head and not the tail. I can't tell you how many times I went into my boy's room and I said, I don't care what you made on the the test. I don't care what that grade is. I'm going to tell you that you are the head and not the tail. Why? Because I understand as a father, the power of my voice. There's power in your voice. And because we know this and because God knows this, don't fool yourself. There's an enemy that is aware of that too. That's why the enemy fights and he attacks you, why? Because he wants to silence your voice, why? Because silence is the language of the hopeless. He wants to silence your voice. He tried to kill Moses before, He opened his mouth and spoke. He tried to kill Jesus before Jesus opened his mouth and spoke. He tried to kill you before you can open your mouth and speak. But let me tell you something God told me to tell somebody. The enemy cannot kill what God has marked to live. The enemy cannot kill what God has marked to live. He can try all he wants, but he cannot kill what God has marked to live. I want to know, do I have anybody that has the mark of God on their life? You know, without a shadow of a doubt, come what may, I have the mark of God on my life. Oh, when you mark by God, you can't settle in the stuff that everybody else can settle in. When you mark by God, let me tell you, the enemy can try to assassinate you. He can try to take you out. But at the end of the day, no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. David says, listen, listen, listen. I'm going to tell you something. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't fear evil. Why? Because you're with me, you're with me. You're with me in the battle. You're with me in the divorce. You're with me going through chemotherapy. You're with me going through this situation I'm in. I know that I will make it because you are with me. If you have, if I have any people that's online that you know that God's hand is on your life and you've been marked by God, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to give God a crazy praise, only if you're marked. You know, when you're marked, you can't even go to your family reunion because they'll be looking at you and they'll be saying stuff like, you think you all dead and you think you better than us. But let me tell you, it's not that I'm better than you. I'm just better than this. See, when you mark, you know you better. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. You know you cannot die in stuff that people are dying in. You can't settle in stuff that some of your family members have settled in. That's why the mark of God will push you, will make things uncomfortable. Because when his hand is on your life, he's going to make sure everything he put inside of you come to pass with you. I'm marked by God. In our text, we have 120 people that have assembled themselves, maybe they've assembled themselves in the upper room. Pastor Travis talked about the waiting And he talked about how Jesus looked at them and he gave them the promise in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And he told them, he says, go to Jerusalem and I want you to wait there. So they have waited approximately 10 days. And what we see where I read in my text, it picks up where Jesus has just made good on the promise that he was sending them power. He says, "Listen, but when you receive power, when the Holy Ghost comes on you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth." The Holy Spirit, He is the gift. God said, "I'm going to give you the gift. Now why am I going to give you this gift? I'm going to give you this gift. Why? Because this gift is going to give you power." Now what is power? Power ain't your economy of It ain't your dance. Power is simply influence. I am going to send you the Holy Spirit. And the purpose of the Holy Spirit is so that you can have influence. Now, here's how you're going to know you got the power. He says, I'm not going to, it may not impact your bank account, and it may not impact your socioeconomic class, but he says, you will know you got the power. Why? Because you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. You will be my witnesses. So here it is. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to give you power. Power means influence. Influence means you're going to be able to witness to people so that they can see that I am God. My question is not if you have the Holy Spirit, Potter South of North Dallas, my question is do you have influence? Because you can have the Holy Spirit uh, best on what we think and not have influence. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit's job in our lives is to give us influence. Give us influence. You will be witnesses. You will be like Daniela Fraser, you will speak in such an explicit manner that it will leave no room for doubt. It won't be a gray area. You will be so explicit in your language, in your witnessing, that when people see you and, and hear you, they will know that God is God. I want to ask you, not if you have the Holy Ghost, my question is, do you have influence? Do you have influence? In Acts chapter 2, we see what happens whenever the power hits those that are assembled in the upper room. Okay, here it is. We know that the sound came. (laughs) We know that the spirit fell. (laughs) And uh, some of us, we stopped there. But listen here, let me tell you what happened. I asked myself, what was the first thing that happened after they received the gift which gave them power? Now, I would have thought if I'm God, and I'm so glad God's not me, baby, I would have been like, I'm going to give you power to create bombs to blow up the people that killed my son. Okay, that's how you use your power. I would have said, I'm gonna give you the Holy Ghost and the purpose of the Holy Ghost, I want you to ghost, you're a ghost, right? I want you to go into their rooms and I want you to, to scare them at night. Booga, booga, but just scare them. Just scare them in the middle of the night. But God is like, yo, I'm gonna give you power, but my power may not impact your socioeconomic class. My power may not affect your bank account. What did he do when he gave them power? The first thing that he did was he changed their language. The first thing that the Holy Spirit did after he gave them power was he changed their language. Now, I had to ask the question, why did you change their language? Here is why. You cannot influence what you cannot speak into oh god oh god you cannot influence what you cannot speak into that is why some of the church and the churches that we have been in are dynamic but i don't know if we are effective because we preach messages not all but some that only affect our Sunday and never translate into our Monday. Never translate into our Tuesday. Never translate into. I want to tell you if you got the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is bigger than your shout. Your Holy Ghost will make it when you leave your church house. He'll make sure that you know how to treat your wife right. He'll make sure that that you finish dancing on Sunday morning, that when you go to the restaurant, you can treat the waitress with respect. I want to know you got. It. He changed their language so that they would have the ability to speak into the thing. There is this, there is this thing, and it's a phenomenon that's known as losing a generation. And what it is is simply, I'm gonna date myself. <laughs> so whenever, back in the 80s and 90s, whenever you wanted to record a song on the radio you know, and you didn't have the money to go to Walmart and buy it, you would just make sure you had a tape, right? And everybody had them boom boxes in. So when the song came on the radio, you just press record. All right, you will record it. Boom. And so now you would dub what was on the radio. You would dub a copy of the original. Now, it wouldn't stop there because one of my homeboys will want that same song. And so what would I do? I would take The copy that I dubbed, and I put another tape in the other tape deck, and I press record on his, and what that is called is you're losing a generation. See, every time I dubbed it, it was losing quality. It was losing potency. It was losing from its original content. How many times have we dubbed something? God is saying your language is explicit. It is not to be a carbon copy. I've given you a language. When the Holy Spirit fell in Acts chapter 2, it says that it fell and it was like tongues of fire. Listen what it did it separated and it did what? It rested on. Each of them, that is so good to me. When the spirit fell, it didn't just fall like this. It says it divided, it separated, and it rested on everybody that was in that room. I want to tell you it rested on this person. It rested on that person. What does that kill? It kills Competition why do I have to compete with you? Why do I have to compare myself to you? He touched me too I don't have to compare myself with the way God is using you. Why because he touched me too I don't have to compare my marriage to your marriage. Why because he touched me too God, I thank you for touching me. I Thank you for your, your touch We can't afford to lose our influence in society because of our inability to articulate our language. Jesus, what he was accomplishing in Acts chapter 2, he was giving them something that would work outside of the four walls of the church. He was giving them a power that worked in the classroom. He was giving them a power that worked in the boardroom. He was giving them a power that worked in the courthouse, that worked in the multiplicity of disciplines. He was giving them that power. My question is, do you know your language? What language did God drop you out of eternity into time? What language did he deposit in you for you, only you, to articulate in the earth? Here are three things that we have to learn about language. Here's why it's important, because when the Holy Spirit fell, he said they was going to have influence. But the vehicle he was going to use to give them influence was not their dad's it was them uh, their ability to articulate their language, to speak in the language that the people could understand. Everybody under the sound of my voice has a specific language that has been assigned specifically to their purpose. I'm gonna say that again. Everybody under the sound of my voice has a unique, specific language that has been assigned specifically To their purpose. First Corinthians 7, verse 17 says it's in the NIV. Each one should retain the place in life that the Lord assigned to him and to which God has called him. Each person should do what? Retain in life, should occupy the space in life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. Everybody under the sound of my voice has a language. Dogs have a language. Cats have a language. Squirrels got a language. Let me tell you about these squirrels, y'all. I got these squirrels in my attic, and they are demon-possessed. I mean, they they got a language because, listen, I got so mad one day that I said, I'm about to take them out, y'all. I'm about to take them out. And I get on the ladder, and I say, I'm about to get you. I get on the ladder, and I got this big old stick, and I'm like banging on my roof, and all of a sudden, the, it had to be the mama. The mama comes out, and she comes to the edge, and she looks at me like this, and then she says, rah, rah, rah. I mean, honestly, she began to do that. Guess what happened? She didn't run. Within about three seconds, there was about five other squirrels that came, and they was all looking at me. I'm saying, I paid a mortgage in this house. This is my house. But they were speaking the language. Every species has a language, there's a there's a language, money has a language, let me tell you that, Uh uh-huh, wealth has a language, poverty has a language, everything under the sound of my, love has a language, hate has a language, bigotry has a a language, everything under the sound of my voice has a language. So it is imperative, if we are going to accomplish what God purpose planned and designed for us to accomplish, we must, we must learn our language. Now how do we do that? You accomplish it in two ways. The first thing is you have to discover your language. Write that down. Discover your language. The first way that you can discover your language is by, it's real simple, cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit, not cultivating a relationship with the most influential IG person or Facebook person or whoever you like to follow. It is cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now here is why that is important, because we got to understand the function of the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you this, before God dropped you out of eternity into time, he put a language inside of you. You were not an accident. He told Jeremiah, he says, listen, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, I predestined you, I called you to be a prophet to the nations. The call of God was on his life before he was a twinkle in his mama's eye. I want to tell you, you are not here on accident. Your mama might have told you she didn't know you was coming, they might have told you that they didn't love you, but you were in the plan of God, and God put a language in your body so that you can articulate it in the earth. Here's why you need the relationship with the Holy Ghost. I got to hurry up. I'm gonna call him the Holy Ghost. Here's how you got to do it. Here's why. Because, all right, God the Father creates. God the Son redeems. God the Spirit Empowers. I'm telling you why you have to have a relationship with him. God the Father does what? He creates. In the beginning, let there be light. He created it. God the Son does what? He redeems. That's the power of Passover. Thank you for the shed blood of the Lamb. Now, God the Spirit, He does what? He empowers. Now, I want to tell you, the Spirit can only empower what God has created. The Spirit cannot create. The Spirit can only empower what God has created. The Spirit can only empower the language that God deposited into you when he dropped you out of eternity into time. So the question is, don't develop a relationship with this person and that person. What we all have to do is grow in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because why? He will begin to show you stuff. He will begin to lead and he will begin to guide you. He will empower you to become what God created you to be. Somebody needs some scripture for it. John 16 and 13, it says, this is why you need the relationship with the Holy Spirit. He says, but when He, the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into, not some, but into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. I love this. The the Message Bible puts it this way. I love the Message Bible. It says, but when the friend comes, the spirit of truth, he will take you by the hand. I love that. He will guide you into all the truth there is about you, Monica. He will guide you into all the truth there is about you, Marin. He will guide you into all the truth there is about you, T. He will guide you into all the truth there is. Let me tell you, I'm not just interested. I don't have to have a relationship with this person and that person. I am saying, God, cultivate my relationship with your Holy Spirit so that you can lead me into truths. About me. The Holy Spirit will lead and guide you into all truth. The next way that you discover your language is by now. This was really practical. I gave you the spiritual one. Now here's the practical one. The next way you, you you discover your language is by examining your frustrations. The first way, cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The second way, by examining your frustrations here's why frustrations are an indicator to the problem your language was designed to fix oh god see let me tell you my name is chris baker my brother name is paul baker junior we hit in this lamont and there's, there's a bunch of us y'all now all of us born to the same dad we can walk in a church <laughs> remember, remember what I said, your frustrations, it's an indicator to the thing that you what? Your language is designed to, to fix. Now we can all walk in a church, and a choir can be singing, and the altos can be singing flat. It won't bother any of my other brothers, it will frustrate me, why? because I am the only one out of the four of us that has the musical gift. I am the only one that's been endowed with the language to what? Fix the problem that's frustrating me. I want to know what's frustrating you. I'm not talking about your wife. I'm not talking about your kids. I'm talking about the thing that keeps you up at night. It may be a social issue. It may be, why is my community, why is my community going down? It may be, I'm tired of seeing people taking advantage of what frustrates you. Telltale sign of the thing that God wants to use your language to fix. The second thing, after we've discovered our language, we have to develop our language. After you've discovered it, you need to develop it. First Timothy 4 and 14 in the Amplified, it says, do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, that special endowment which was intentionally bestowed on you by the Holy Spirit through prophetic utterance when the elders laid their hands on you at your ordination. Do not neglect what gift, what aspect of your language have you been neglecting? I was born with the gift of music. My son Jaden was born with the gift. We came out of our mamas with the gift of music, but just because you was endowed with it, it doesn't mean that that is your maximizing the capacity of it. What you have to do is you have to develop. I have met so many gifted people that are just gifted that are operating with 25% of the capacity of the language that God gave them. And the problem is, is they okay with it. But I believe that there's somebody that I'm talking to is saying, God, I'm not okay with 25%. I'm not okay with 50%. I'm not okay with 70%. God, I want to maximize my potential. I want to maximize my, my capacity. I want to be all that you've called me to be. God, help me to maximize my language. You have to. Developing Now one of the key things about development is this key thing. You have to embrace the gift of exposure. If you want to develop your gift, you have got to be willing to get outside of your comfort zone you have got to be willing to get, un- get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You have got to w- be willing to leave some things so that you can say, God, whatever you have for me, I'm willing to go after it. If I got to cut this person off, if I got to leave this environment, whatever I have to do, God, I want to do it because I want to develop my gift. As a young man, I remember my father, he came to me and my mom, they came to me and said I was 18. And they said, Chris, you are gifted. God's hands was on your life. He says, but you got to leave Warsaw. He said, you got, you got to leave here. This, this, there's nothing wrong with Warsaw. I love Warsaw. I loved Samson County, props to Samson County and Duplin County. But he says, what God is wanting to do in your life, he won't be able to accomplish it in this area. Oh, my God, you've got to get out. You've got to get into a bigger field, a bigger environment. You've got to get out of here. You've got to get out of what's comfortable. He told Elijah, listen, Elijah, he had to be willing to let go of the plow in his daddy's field to go after Elijah. He had to be willing to let go of the plow in that comfortable place so that he can develop, become what God had purpose, planned, and designed for him to come. Let me tell you, let me tell you, the, the, the fruit will never exceed the capacity of the field it's planted in. If you want the fruit to grow, sometimes you got to get it out of that small field. That's why some of you had to leave smaller areas. Because God is wanting to expose you to something so that he can develop your Language, I go to North Carolina Central. And I'm there, and what my dad does is he hands deliver me to this man by the name of Frank Earl Williams. And so now, now it's another level, but I'm starting over. See, 11 is one on another level. There are some people that's okay with being 10 on your totem pole. I like to be 11. I like to constantly start over. I don't want to be the smartest one in my clique. I don't want to be the most wealthy one in my clique. I don't want to be the most intellectual person in my clique. I want to be in some rooms that when I go in there, I'm like, what am I doing in this place? But what I'm telling you, what it means is I want not let my insecurity stop me. I won't let this inferiority complex stop me. If I know that God's hand is on my life, I'm going to get uncomfortable. I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to put myself in some arenas that I feel like is too big for me. Why? Because I need this gift, this thing, this language that God put inside of me that only I can articulate. I need it to be developed. Don't die with your language underdeveloped. I know I'm yelling, but I'm passionate because I'm tired of seeing people dying and taking the books with them. I'm tired of seeing people dying and taking the songs with them. I'm tired of seeing people dying and taking the capacity and the things with them that God says, I deposited you into the earth for the sole purpose of taking this thing. I needed you to deposit it, but you did not do it. Jesus. So you got to develop yourself because you cannot lead. You got to be exposed because you cannot lead beyond your level of exposure. Oh, God, you got to be exposed. So I was with Frank Williams. Frank began to develop my gift on another level. I grew up as a church musician, Pentecostal musician. Frank taught me how to listen to Brahms and how to appreciate Chesnikoff and how... To appreciate a Mozart Requiem how to appreciate classical music what do you mean what are you church boy doing here trying to learn classical music and God allow my path to cross with Frank Williams and Frank begin to teach me how to hear on another level he began to teach me how to, to walk on another level he began to teach me how to use my gift on another level he began to expose me to things that I didn't know what he was getting ready before get me ready for but God knew it he was showing me those things why because the gift was inside of me. There was a language inside of me that God wanted to use. And so I stayed there for four years up the Frank Williams. I am talking about developing the gift. I had to get out of my comfort zone. I had to leave Warsaw. I had to go to North Carolina Central. And then on a Tuesday night, one of my best friends, Willie Murray, comes to me and he says, I'm talk- don't stay with me. Don't leave me. Stay with me. He comes to my room and he says, hey, I want you to come to church with me. There's a church that just opened up, and I'm telling you, man, it's they, they, they on fire. They killing. I was like, I'm all right. He said, no, 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 you need to come. Okay. I said, all right, man. Get in the car. We come there, and I walked into the back, and I said, man, you ain't telling me they're white pastors. Bruh, you ain't telling me they was white. Walk in and I hear a sound that I'd never heard before. I heard a voice that I had never heard. It was the voice within the voice and and I locked eyes with my light. Service was over. Mary said, come to the back and I go in the green room. I'm talking about developing and exposure and getting out of your comfort zone. It was an uncomfortable place for me. I go into the green room and he introduces me to Bishop, Pastor Brady. Bishop Brady is sitting down. I walk over to him and I say, hey, sir, how you doing? <laughs> and what seemed like 30 minutes, it might have been three, but it seemed like 30. This man looked at me and prophesied over my like, now, I'm a PK, and we always get prophesied to, you know. For yea's sake, Lord say you're going to be great today. Okay, God bless you. But no, it was something different. It was, he was speaking, and as he began to speak, oh, my God, he began, I can cry right now thinking about it. He began to wake those sleeping things that was inside of me. I didn't know I was a leader. I didn't know that my gift could be used on the level that God, I didn't know it. I'm just a country boy from Turkey, from Warsaw, North Carolina. But look what happened. The Holy Spirit spirit he will lead and guide you oh he led me to north carolina central to meet frank williams guess what and then he led me to the river to lock eyes with bishop brady but let me tell you the thing about the holy spirit he will lead you to the door but he is a gentleman he will not make you walk through it i had to be willing to get over myself and say god this language, if this thing, if this gift that you've placed inside of me requires me to get over myself, I say yes. 21 years later, I'm standing on a platform. Using the language that was in me from the foundation of the world but <laughs> Jesus I had to make the decision to that every uncomfortable turn in my life to say God you formed me. I didn't form me. You know my frame. You know what you placed inside of me. Order my step. 21 years later, I still think I got the best end of the deal because I married a girl. She's fine, y'all. She gave me three beautiful boys. But I'm standing using a gift I didn't know was in me somebody that I love dearly wrote a book you have it in you sometimes it takes the gift of exposure to develop what is in you and now it doesn't end there the third thing we must do with our language after we have discovered it developed it now we must demonstrate it must demonstrate it. Verse 4 says, all of them were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled. Enabled simply means to give someone or something the authority or means to do the thing. Sometimes we give people credit for something that the Holy Spirit is doing in their lives. See, Paul talked about this in, in Corinthians in First Corinthians. He says, "This is uh, he says and and so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom, as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. This is Paul. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling." My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration, here is it, but the demonstration of the Spirit's power, with the demonstration of the Spirit's power, with the demonstration of, not His intellect, of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. The Holy Spirit is a cheat code. When I learned to get over myself, get over the fact that I felt unqualified because at the end of the day it ain't never been about me it's always been about his power resting on me I'm so glad that I don't have the, the charisma and I don't have a lot of I don't have like the big big personality because I'm gonna tell you when I approach this sacred desk I come saying God I ain't got nothing else to lean on but you so I'm gonna need your power I'm going to need your power to rest on me. I'm going to need you to use my language. I'm going to need you to use my language in this particular space. I'm going to need you to use my language in the classroom. I'm going to need you to use my language in the boardroom. I'm going to need you to use my language. God like, I'll do it. If you get out the way, I will allow my power to rest on you. You will see how dope I am it says verse 11 says we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues God's power rested on them and when it did they didn't try to build their brand they didn't use it to build their platform you know what they did They use their language to say, listen, if God did it for me, he'll do it for you. If God can use me, he can use you. Don't disqualify yourself, I'm talking to somebody that's, I'm glad you're not in church because sometimes in church we put on a mask, but I'm coming into your living room, I'm coming into your bedroom, I'm coming into your bathroom, I'm coming to the place where the mask isn't, I'm talking to somebody that has disqualified themselves, and God is saying, listen, I want you, let me use your language, let me use you. We aren't interested in building their platform. That's what got us in trouble in Genesis. Let us build a tower that reaches up and let us do it. Let us do it. Let it be about us. And God says, yeah, I gotta go down there and confuse that. But you know what God was doing in Pentecost? On Pentecost, he was reversing the curse that he put on man in Genesis 11, because this is what happened when his power failed. They didn't talk about how great they were. It was not about their agenda. It was God, use me. God, you did it for me. God, you healed me. God, you brought me out. And they was articulating. Right, I'm talking to the divorced the person. There's a language that you have. Don't shame. Don't allow shame to shut your mouth. Don't allow shame to silence your voice. Use your language. There's somebody that can only hear whenever you talk, and I'm done. Cause after all of that happened, you will know when you're demonstrating your language. Number one, you're gonna get results. You're gonna walk in unprecedented favor. There, there's a there's a young lady that's a member of our church, Latoya Henry. She's the perfect example of a person that is using her language. Listen, since this pandemic, I ain't known a person that's gotten more promotions in my life in a year where everything was shutting down. God's favor has been just blowing her mind. And then she'll send us an email, somebody, I just got this raise, and I just got that promotion. Now, let me tell you, Latoya is a single mother. Now, she's raising a game-changer. God knows she's raising a game changer. She can use, I don't have a help me. I don't have no man to cover me. No, she is using her language. She sent us a letter. And let me tell you, the letter closed like this. It says, you are an inspiration to others. Your initiative and commitment to equality is lighting the way for black future makers everywhere. Let me tell you, the Holy Ghost that she has Ain't limited to 10501 Main Street. Oh, the Holy Ghost that she has is working wherever she goes. It's causing her to have an impact. It's causing her to have influence. Second way you'll know when you're demonstrating it, people will try to delegitimize And discredit God's favor and handle your life. And actually says, Aren't these Galileans? Aren't these the the po folk? The rejected people, the inarticulate people? What mean is this? How how is this happening? And then they didn't stop there. They says, No, it's okay. No, they're drunk. They're They're just drunk. I don't know. They're they're just just drunk. They're just drunk. They're just drunk. That that, that ain't really. That's just stupid. They're they're, they're just drunk. And all of a sudden, the star of the story raises his voice. And Peter declares, they are not drunk, as you suppose. This is that that was spoken, my God, by the prophet Joel. You know that prophet. It says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prosper. We'll prophesy your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams, even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days, and you will prophesy. The question I have is, why did God use Peter? Why didn't He use John, baby? Why didn't He? John was a disciple that Jesus loved. Why didn't He use John? Why did He use Peter? Because it was Peter. Out of everybody in that room, he was the most disqualified one. He was the one that Jesus said, now Peter, listen, I've been praying for you. I've been praying for you because the enemy desires to sift you as wheat, but I've been praying that your faith fails not. He says, now listen. (laughs) He, He says, and when you have repented or when you have been restored, go and strengthen Your brother. In that moment, Peter had a choice. Will I be defined by my worst fear? Will I be defined by my worst failure? Will I be defined by my biggest mistake? Or will I seize the moment? I want to know if I'm talking to anybody that wants to seize the moment, that's tired of being afraid, that's tired of rejecting yourself, that's tired of looking at your insecurities. I want to know if I'm talking to anybody that's ready to use their language to seize the moment the world is waiting on your voice. And when he stood, bad decisions, mistakes and all, and preached, never preached before a day in his life. For well, that person is saying I'm unqualified and I ain't never been to Bible college, I, ain't never, I can't do this. Peter never preached a day in his life, but it ain't about Peter's intellect. It was about God's power, God's spirit resting on him. And when he preached, 3,000 people turned and were baptized. That's the greater works. My question in closing is will you allow God to use your language to accomplish greater works? You know how many nights my wife can attest to this? I go to bed every night and I got these VR goggles. I go to YouTube and I, I'll sit and I'll listen to Bishop Jakes preach. I said I won't gonna cry. I'm a, like the crying preacher, I, but anyway. i listen to Bishop Jakes and I'll listen to Bishop Noel Jones and I'll listen to Pastor Cheryl Brady and I listen to my father, Bishop Brady, and I listen to these. Like, and I'm saying, God, I can never preach like that. God, I can't do that. And the reason why I was sitting there at night and cry is because they were representing the voice that I had been rejecting for years. The voice that said I didn't go to seminary. I'm not the smartest one. I'm a musician. What do you mean you want me to preach? What do you mean? I have rejected that voice. But I made the decision. I'm not rejecting me no more. I'm not rejecting me no more. I'm not disqualifying me no more. God, I want your power to rest on me. I want you to use me. I want your spirit to flow through me. Use my language. Use my language. Don't use my personality. Don't use my charisma. I don't care anything about that. Use my language. Will you let God use your language? can God count on you to be Daniela Frazier that can articulate and speak in such an explicit manner this girl captured a moment started a movement spoke so loud it changed the world, God wants to use your language. Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to have you join us online every Sunday morning at 9 and 11.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, streaming live at www.tphnd.org slash watch now or through our Potter's House North app.